we're going to start from the Mishnah on Daf Kuf Yud Tes Amud Beis, right? Because the next Gemara is going to be very much related to this. So the Mishnah tells us like this: Ein Machdirin Achar Pesach Afi Kaimin, right? Very a uh, little bit of a uh, completely. The Gemara itself is going to get delve into this uh, an enigmatic phrase, right? You're not supposed to do something after Afi Kaimin, right? Um, I'm sorry, you're not supposed to do after the Pesach Afi Kaimin. What exactly this is referring to, we will see. Zakh the Gemara. My Afikaiman. What is the Afikaiman that we mentioned? Amar Rav. Rav says, akru And once you finish eating your Pesach Seder, right? And this is actually going back to the times of the Pesach Mikdash when they were eating the carbon Pesach itself, right? The actual meat. And you're not supposed to go from one group to another group. Shmuel Amar. And Shmuel says, for example, the Gezlai La'aba. So basically, what he says is like this. He says, what this means is not. You're not allowed to go from one house to the other. Rob says you're not allowed to go from one house to the other after you finish your, your Pesach Seder, right? And presumably it has to do with a concern that it'll look like you're going to two different, eating from two different carbon Pesachs, which we've learned previously you're not allowed to eat, right? So, but Shmuel says, no, there's a different concern. The concern is you're not supposed to eat dessert after you finish eating the meal. Why? Because the, the last, very last bit of food in your mouth that you are tasting should be the taste of the carbon Pesach. And they give other examples. They're not arguing. They're agreeing with Shmuel. They give other examples of what people would eat for dessert. Like bait or, uh, you know, roasted uh, grains or nuts. We learned the price like a Bechner. You cannot finish after the carbon Pesach. You're going to warm Kaleas Vegaisim. So as to eat dates or uh, roasted grains or nuts. Amar Abihu Damar Shmuel. Abihu says the name of Shmuel. No, it doesn't mean after the Karma Pesach, even after the matzah, right? Today, we eat matzah. That's the very last thing, right? So even after the matzah, you cannot eat anything else. We learned in the Mishnah. You cannot eat after the Karma Pesach with the Afikim. Only after the Karma Pesach, you cannot eat the Afikim. But after the matzah, indeed, you would still be able to eat other food. Let me buy Kamar. The Gemara says, no, that's not a disproof. Maybe even after the matzah, you're not allowed to eat other food. And what it's saying is loy mibay, which means not only. What does this mean? Loy mibay after matzah, not only after the matzah, the loy nafesh tamayu. When you're finished eating the matzah, the halacha is when you finish eating the matzah. Then you're not allowed to eat other foods. Well, matzah is not such a very strong taste. So if you would eat something else after you finish eating matzah, then you completely obliterate the taste of the matzah. However, the Pesach is a very strong roasted meat flavor, right? So even if you eat a little bit of dessert, you still have the meat flavor in your mouth. But there's a very interesting halacha. The halacha is you have to be the last, when you go to sleep at night on Seder night, you have to be tasting the meat in your mouth, right? Fascinating idea, right? We'll talk about this at greater length on Tuesday when we talk about the, the Seder. We'll talk about the Seder and the Haggadah, so we'll, we'll discuss this idea a little bit greater length then as well. So, however, the matzo also. So essentially what we're saying right now is that according to Rabbi Echanan, you need to have two different flavors in your mouth at the end of the Seder. And that is you have to have a taste of the matzah and the taste of the Pesach. Now, you might have thought that after matzah, you cannot have anything else because that will completely wipe away the, the flavor of the matzah from your mouth. But after the Pesach, it might not wipe it away. And therefore, you might be permitted to eat other food. But after the carbon Pesach, the meat, the nafesh tamay, that's a, a stronger taste, and doesn't get just immediately just wiped away because you put something else in your mouth. Less than but perhaps there is no concern. And then even after the mat, even after the Pesach, you also should not eat other food. Name of let's say it's a food. Asufkanan, Sufkanan is like a sponge cake, but I do shanan and like a honey cake, but I skip run. 
which is some sort of uh, like matzah brai, you know, some sort of matzah that is uh, flavored. You can fill your stomach. As long as the last thing that you eat is going to be a kazayas and olives worth of matzah. That only at the end you need to eat the matzah. But not at the beginning. In other words, the reason why you have to eat matzah last is because nothing can be eaten after the matzah. My answer is blame me by Amar. No, he's saying once again, not only. Blame me by Not only if he eats at the beginning, and when he eats the matzah at the beginning, he is doing it for the sake of at that point he's still hungry. And of course, over there he's filled his midst of eating matzah. You might have said that if he eats the matzah at the end of the seder night when he's already eaten other food previously, maybe it's not such a good thing because he'll end up not eating matzah when he's hungry and he'll be eating matzah when he's not interested in eating. And maybe that's not a good way of eating, as we learned earlier. Maybe you say he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. So the chiddush of saying that you eat matzah at the end is not a chiddush that the matzah has to be the last food. The chiddush is that even if the matzah is the last food, you still fulfill your mitzvah obligation. And we are not concerned that perhaps you will end up not being hungry and eating matzah when you're not hungry, which will not be the mitzvah. I just said it like this. You can eat the afikamen after the matzah. Let's say that this is the proof to him. You cannot eat after the carbon Pesach, the Afikamen. Only after the Pesach, you can't eat. But after Matzah, you would be permitted to eat food still. Let me buy Amar. Not only is he really saying. Not only after Matzah, where there's not such a large flavor, and that and over there, you're still not allowed to eat after, even after that, you're not allowed to eat other food. But even after the Karma Pesach, maybe you would say it's not forbidden to eat other food. And that even after the Karma Pesach, you're not forbidden to eat other food. Mace Fitting, we're asked a question. The same things, the sponge cakes and the honey cakes and this, uh, the matzah, the flavored matzah. You're allowed to fill your stomach in them. As long as we eat one kazayas of matzah at the end. We say that it's only at the end. But for Yishayna, you cannot eat it, right? So in other words, you have to eat the last thing you're eating is matzah, not the beginning. Not only are we saying, not only if you ate the matzah at the beginning, for sure, but they were eating the matzah because you're starving and you're going to enjoy it and you're going to be deeply satisfied. Of course, over there, you've satisfied the midst of eating matzah. But when it comes to eating the matzah at the end of the meal, over there, where you're going to come to eat, well, maybe you'll come to eat achila gasa and achila where you're not really hungry at all, and you're just uh, it, it, it's not the type of food that you're really enjoying yourself. Maybe lay, maybe you have not filled your mitzvah. Then even over there, you have satisfied the mitzvah. Whether you eat the matzah at the beginning, whether you eat the matzah at the end, you have satisfied the mitzvah. Okay, Amarava. And so so far, so far, what we we've left off with basically is, and this is going to be la alacha, is we we don't eat anything after the matzah today. Because we don't eat anything after the matzah, right? There's a question of, does that mean only food items? Does that mean even drinks, right? So people are careful not to even drink, you know, other than, other than the, 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 the wine that you're supposed to be drinking. But you only drink that wine and not, no, no other flavored drinks. So you're only supposed to eat, drink like a water or like a seltzer, right? But not other flavored drinks. And certainly not uh, food items that are going to be taken away. The question is, are you even allowed to use mouthwash? Some people say you can't even use mouthwash at the state or night because you want to literally not wash away the flavor at all. Whereas other people say, that's not what Chazal said. Chazal said you shouldn't eat a food item. There can't be another food item that takes away from the flavor. But if it's a non-food item, then that's not included in the Takan. Amar Rabba. Limara now has a fascinating Machlekes. Machlekes is like this. 
Matzah is manazed araisa. Rava says matzah in today's time period is still a Torah obligation. This is how we pass it. This is what Allah follows. However, Marah is only rabbinic. Umar, why is the Marah is only Durabanan? It says, Al It says that when you eat the carbon pesach, you should eat it on top of the matzah and the marr. If there's no longer a carbon pesach, you cannot fulfill your mitzvah on the Torah level. In a time when there is actually a mitzvah of carbon pesach, then there's a mitzvah of marr. But if there's no mitzvah of pesach, like a then there's no mitzvah of marr. Matzanami. The right thing saying like this. The same reason that, that Mara would not be Mitzvah Daraisa anymore because there's no government Pesach anymore. Matzah also shouldn't be Mitzvah Daraisa. It's the same source. Huxiv al Matzah Sumerayrim. The source where you're supposed to eat the Matzah at the Seder night is it says Matzah Sumerayrim. On Matzah and Mara, you shall eat it. And you don't have a government Pesach, you don't have Matzah Mara. Matzah, Mahader Hadar Bekra. No, Matzah, there actually is an additional verse in the Torah teaching you that an obligation to eat Matzah. What's that verse? The verse tells us. Be'erav Teichlu Matzah. In the night, you shall eat Matzah. And that is an independent obligation, aside from the obligation to eat matzah together with the carbon pesach, there's an independent obligation to eat matzah in general. So that would be standalone, even without carbon pesach. So matzah will be mitzvah daraisa even today. Mara will only be mitzvah darabana today because you don't have, you don't have the carbon pesach anymore. That's all Rav's opinion. argues. He says, Indeed, matzah and mara today are both darabana. What do you mean? We just explained to you that there's an additional prospect that teaches us that there is an independent obligation to eat matzah, even when there is no mitzvah to eat matzah. What are you going to do with the fact that it says that at night you should eat the matzah? That's necessary to teach you. Someone who is tame, ritually impure, or is far away. Even the Pesach, since they have no mitzvah to eat the matzah, Pesach, matzah, they also should not have a mitzvah to eat the matzah. That if you are in a situation where you there is in general an obligation to eat matzah, right? It hasn't been you know removed from the world because there's no no opportunity at all to eat it. Just you happen to be in a situation where you cannot eat it because you're too far away or you're ritually impure. Over there, you're still obligated to eat matzah. Rava, my Rava would say to you, so Rabbi would say to you, I don't need a special pasuk in the Torah to tell you that if someone is impure or far away from Yerushalayim, that they still have a mitzvah to eat matzah. Why do I need a pasuk? Because they're not any worse off than in Aral, that someone who's uncircumcised or someone who's a ben Echer, someone who is um, someone who is like uh, not part of the of Kali Yisrael yet, right? Someone who is like uh, uh, on his way to becoming part of Kali Yisrael. The Tanya we learned in Call Aral Anybody who is in Aral should not eat matzah, right? Anybody who's uncircumcised cannot eat matzah. That he cannot eat. I'm sorry, he cannot eat the Karma Pesach, right? He cannot, that he cannot eat. The Karma Pesach he cannot eat. But he could eat the Matzah. And what does Ravach Yaakov say? Well, how does he explain why I would not have understood that someone who is Tame or someone who is far away would not be included from the fact that it says that only, only uh, even an oral is still permitted to eat Matzah? So he says, Siv Baha'i, it's Siv Baha'i. It's written in both, it's written over here and it's written over there. But Srihi, we needed both cases. We would not be able to derive the a tame person from someone who is a Aro. Because a tame person, the next Pesach that comes around, they'll be able to eat, right? In, in Pesach Sheni. And Aro will not be able to eat then either. We learned the rice like Rabbah as well. It says that in six days you shall eat matzah. And the seventh day shall be an assembly for Hashem, your God. The fact that it puts it together, it implies that the same way the seventh day you don't have to eat matzah, so to the first six days you don't have to eat matzah. It's just up to you if you want to. My time, what's the reason? 
something that was included in the general principle, and then it was brought out in, in specific to teach you about other cases. It's not going to just to teach you about its own specific application. Rather, it's going to teach you about all of these specific, all that all of the principle, this applies to all of the general principle. They teach you that all of the days of Pesach, it's not an obligation to keep Mount where it says, so you might have thought that even the first night is only an eight. It, yeah, if you want to, you could do it. You don't have to. Therefore, the Pasuk tells you, they teach you that on matzahs and mar you shall eat, right? So you can only fulfill your mitzvah obligation, this actual obligation to eat on the first night of Pesach, matzahs and mar. This is only true when the Beis HaMikdash is around. And how do you know that when the Beis HaMikdash is no longer around, that you still have a mitzvah? The Pasuk makes it an obligation. So at the end of the day, this is indeed what we've asked him. Eating the matzah on the first night of Pesach is a Torah obligation, right? Eating Mara is not, right? Nothing else, that the, the eatings that we have at the Seder night, the only eating that is a Torah obligation is the actual matzah. Even the drinking of four cups of wine is only, uh, is not only, right? say only, but it's a rabbinic obligation to drink four cups of wine. However, the matzah is the raisa. Now, if your seder night happens to fall out on Friday night, then as we know, the first cup of wine is still the raisa because it's still making kiddush on Friday night. But kiddush on Yom Tov is not the raisa, as we learned in, in Sachem, right? So, therefore, you only have one, this, this, uh, this, um, the, our seder night coming up right now, we're going to have only one drink, only one food item that's the raisa that's going to be the matzah. Um, I guess you can maybe make the argument that Abdullah, who said earlier Abdullah might be the raisa, if Abdallah is the rice, so we will have that also this, this year. This mission, and then we'll stop. As I said, we'll leave the rest for tomorrow night. It's a short, very short class tomorrow. Yeshnu Mikzasen. Let's say part of the group of people who are eating that karma base. They fall asleep. They had enough wine. They had some delicious meat. And they find themselves snoozing. Yeachlu. They're allowed to eat. Kulon loyeachlu. Everybody falls asleep, then they cannot eat anymore. Why? Because if you, what happens is like this. When you're in the middle of doing a mitzvah, right? In your middle of doing the midst of eating the karma pesach in one place, and then you fall asleep. By falling asleep, you have broken up the action. And when you break up the action, when you wake up later, it will be the equivalent of having started a new a new action. And we've learned many times in Sachem that when it comes to eating the karma pesach, everybody has to be part of one group who eat it together. And if you move from one place to another, as we just learned previously in the previous Mishnah, you can't move from one place to another. You can't move from one group to another. If everybody falls asleep and then they wake up, it's like a new action, which would be forbidden. If not everybody fell asleep, then as long as some members of Chabura, some members of the group are still awake and, and talking about the Karma Pesach, then you're still good to go and it's considered one action. It's just, the is there a minimum requirement of how many people are supposed to stay awake? I don't think so. I think it's even one. I think it's even one. So if you, if, you, if you are the one that stayed awake, then you're okay. You can continue. No, not just that. Everybody else can continue too. To continue to as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You take everybody else with you. It's not just it's not just the one person that didn't fall asleep. Even if one person didn't fall asleep, everybody else can still eat. Mm -hmm. uh, I assume it's similar to like the other, other halachas. You have similar halachas, by the way. It's important halachas to know. We, we touched upon this earlier in the Masechta. Let's say your people are eating together, right? And then they're, you know, they wash the mochi, they're eating together. And then three of them decide they want to go daven meyer. They go walk the shoulder daven meyer, right? If they didn't leave anybody behind, when they come back, they can no longer eat. But if they left somebody behind, when they come back, they can eat them again. So Riesi says, this new, let's say they don't really fall asleep. They're and like jumping back up again, right? They're, they're dozing off, essentially. Then they can still eat without any problems. Near the move, but if they're snoring already and fast asleep and deep sleep, 
Nobody could eat, right? Um, now we go to the, the very big, uh, something that we all have an issue with every year. So the Karman Pesach can be eaten after Chatzais. I'm sorry, the Karman Pesach after Chatzais, Metame es Yadayim, it will cause your hands to become ritually impure. Why? Because it is Nisak. Karman Pesach is a carbon that has to be eaten by a certain time period. According to this Tana, it has to be eaten by the end, by Chatzos, which is the middle of the night. If you do not eat it by that time, it has become no sort of leftover past the time. You're no longer allowed to eat it, and it will make you ritually impure if you touch it. A pigel, the Hanaiser. Pigel, which is something that the Kayan has the wrong uh, thoughts when he is shakhting the animal. Vehanaiser, something which is left over past the time. Vetamen es hayatayim. So the Gemara is now going to discuss and analyze exactly how late you're allowed to eat the Gemara Pesach. We'll see that it's really Mechlekes. And we'll see how this is relevant to us today, that we always try to eat the matzah, which is in place of the carbon Pesach, the matzah at the end of the meal, which is the afikomen, right, which is in place of the carbon Pesach. We try to eat it by chatzos, but we certainly, under certain circumstances, we will, can be more lenient as well. Okay, so like I said, tomorrow night, Bezus Hashem, we will finish this. Um, on Tuesday night, uh, I mentioned earlier, we're going to have this... Uh, we're going to have a class about the about the Seder and about the Haggadah. We're going to spend some time going through the Haggadah and trying to pinpoint like ideas and, and themes that people can use, uh, utilize at their Seder to make their Seder more exciting and more meaningful. And uh, yeah, hope everyone be here tomorrow night for our gala uh, Zoom CM. Earl is going to be raising a glass of his freshly bottled uh, Cabernet Shiraz. Um, and if you want yeah. to drop it off. Other ones of us can be drinking it too, but if he doesn't want to, then we will just have to be drinking whiskey. It'll be, it'll be. <laughs> so uh, the the class that you're talking about on Tuesday night, is that the same time or is, is this a broader it's class? Eight, it's at eight o'clock. It's, yeah. in, it's a broader class. It is, it's open to broader men and women. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll see, see what, what we end up coming up with. But yeah. So what's, yeah. what time is tomorrow night? I'm sorry. So tomorrow night is regular. Tomorrow night is regular 8.45. Right. And uh, we'll finish the we'll finish the Masechta Bezus Hashem. Um, it, you know this this Amid is not so short, but the next Amid is very very short, and we'll be done quickly. Um, and then uh, yeah, and then Tuesday night we'll do the what's his name? We'll do we'll do that class at eight o'clock, same link though. And then then Shkalim will begin. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be there for the beginning of Shkalim because I'm gonna be leaving on I'm leaving Thursday morning to the East Coast, and therefore uh, Wednesday night I'll be packing probably. Um, but I'm happy to pick up Shkalim when I get back here from the East Coast, which will be after Pesach. And Shkalim will be, I think, like a week or two after Pesach. We'll be finished with Shkalim and we'll start up Rosh Hashanah, which will be a fun Masechta. Take care, guys. Be well. Right. Thank you so much. Uh